beautiful. You are listening to More Than a Crown, where you will learn, feel understood, and be encouraged alongside believer, child advocate, ice cream connoisseur, and former Miss USA, Sarah Rose Summers. Hi everyone, today we have Savvy Shields on More Than a Crown. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's Miss America 2017. She was born and raised in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and then grew up to accomplish her dream of becoming Miss America. She spent her year living in hotel rooms and on airplanes, of course, going from red carpets to hospitals and just making a difference across the country. It was the greatest and hardest year of her life, and she speaks about that openly and is going to do that that right now today on the podcast. Thank you so much, Savvy. <gasps> Sarah, you have no idea how excited I am for this. Oh my heavens. This is like <laughs> literally so excited. I'm so proud of you for even doing this. And I'm so thankful I get to be on here with you. Well, thank you. You of all people completely know the place that I was in when I decided to start the pod because I mean, we're given this platform for just one year yep. to speak and make a difference. And then... <laughs> You snap your fingers and it's over. <laughs> you literally snap your fingers and it's over. I think that's something that, you know, they tell you all the time and they tell you that in life. You know, they say, you know, it's so fast. It, it goes by quickly. Time goes by when you're having fun and you don't really realize the truth of that statement until you live it. And you're like, wait, I thought this was just, wait, I, you mean I don't have another year to get crowned? I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so true though. So for you, I started kind of describing it as like a you had to grieve the fact that the dream was a head come and it's gone and it was over yeah. and yeah. the entire experience of, you know, visiting the hospitals and right. being a princess. There's just nothing like right. that because no. the little girls, they love yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, it's a real great ego boost. That's for dang sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed. So how did you, yeah. How did you grieve that experience? You know, I honestly don't think I realized that I was grieving it further, like the first few months, you know, I think it Mm -hmm. took, I remember right after it, I honestly, full transparency was so ready to be done. I mean, my year was really hard. And the very last day, I remember four Miss Americas telling me that I would be like super depressed and sad. And I think, I mean, we popped champagne that night. Like I was having the time of my life and, (laughs) you know, it was amazing. And I was so thankful to finally, you know, just be me. There was something really, really liberating in that. But I think, you know, it, it took Nate, you know, kind of, reminding me like, Hey, these people aren't always watching you. Or I, I re- finally like start, slowly started to realize I had these weird ticks that like after the year I would kind of deal with where I was kind of convinced that like everyone was trying to get me or that people were always going to ask something of me, either a video or, or a picture or, you know, something from me and which isn't true. And it was something that I was so thankful for during my year, but you don't kind of realize the, weird mental toll that has on you to be on 24 eight and (laughs) kind of really have to switch out of that after the year. And, you know, it, it took a long time, you know, when your entire life, you dream and work towards one goal and that goal happens and it's the greatest moment ever you sometimes have to totally reshift your mind and you have to you know, kind of realign what your new goals are, which is equally as exciting as it is terrifying. Because I think a lot of times we find our identities and our successes and in our failures. And so moving on from the title of 
every time someone introduced me will still forever be the Savvy Shields. Oh, she was Miss America. But moving on to just being savvy, I think was a lot harder than I realized. And I think it takes a long time to, I mean, even be okay with understanding, no, this is going to take a while. And being okay with not being okay was huge. So true. And I love that you said all in one fail swoop. You know, you were popping the champagne. I remember seeing you and Nate back on social media again for the first time in a year. And it was liberating in that way. But also all in one fail swoop. It was also a weird change. But yeah. And our years are different in that way. Like Connor and I were very open. I openly was able to have a boyfriend, see him. When I had events in Texas, he could come. and Which is amazing and such a blessing. I mean, there was like, I mean, I wasn't even allowed to say I had a boyfriend. And so just like, which is so stupid and weird, but that's another conversation for another day. But even just getting to say like, hey, this is my person. Like he is half the reason or if not the entire reason I even became Miss America and not giving to acknowledge him was super weird. And finally getting to do that was super liberating, but you're totally right. It it kind of is just as quickly as it happens, it it goes away. And, you know, I I was very thankful from the beginning um, to have, you know, support groups. I mean, you know, Katie, (laughs) Katie Hanson, my maid of honor, she, from the very beginning told me, Hey, all right, now you're Miss America, but let's think about what you're doing next. Like, this isn't everything. Like, this is not your identity. This is not your whole being. This is not the the peak. Your life's not going downhill after this. So let's figure out like from the get go, what do you want to do next? And uh, I'm super thankful that I had that, you know, I, I think in, in just, you know, a society where we blast our accomplishments, our travels, our highlights on social media, we kind of take those moments as badges or medals and kind of like a, like stickers on us to show who we are and show, you know, how, how worthy we are. Mm. And I think that that's a really strange concept that happens to everyone, regardless of if you're competing in pageants or not, you're, you're constantly showcasing and becoming either, I mean, the CFO or that athlete or absolutely. absolutely. Your successes become your titles. And that's a very strange thing to differentiate yourself from, to recognize that your identity isn't uh, who people say you are, uh, what you won, what you uh, have accomplished, what you failed at. And I, I don't know, it's, it, it's a very strange thing to kind of deal with when there isn't a playbook for it, or there isn't exactly no. a, hey, here's how you deal with this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. And I love that Katie did that for you. I remember my manager while I was Miss USA, Emily, if you're listening, you're the best. Mm-hmm. I miss you so much. Aww. But she... <laughs> I think it was literally like if it wasn't the day that I flew to New York City to move in, aka the day after right. I won, it was the day after that that she started asking, okay, totally. so do you plan to go back yeah. to hospitals a year from now or what do you want this year to right. propel you to do? And I wanted yeah. to be like, yo, hold on. Let me sit in this. Give me a minute. <laughs> let me just absorb the fact that this happened and soak in the excitement of all of this. Um, yes. But she was so yep. right. You know, like it is odd. Yeah. We, of course, do all work. Everyone works toward goals in their lives. But ours was so strange because it up and for you took you out of school. For me, took me out of I just finished my certification exam to be a certified child life specialist. And I was about to apply for jobs in Omaha. And then do you just 
after the year is over, go back to exactly what you were doing before. Right. That doesn't make totally. a lot of sense. Oh my God. <laughs> I think too, this is a little bit of a tangent, but this is something I forget who said this, but it was a former, um, it was a former Miss Arkansas. And, uh, you know, she was telling me how after, you know, the, the whirlwind of a year and the whirlwind of competing in pageants where your mindset becomes, I'm going to change the world. It's not, I'm going to change the city. I'm going to change the state. It's, I'm going to change the world. I mean, you are literally competing to change the universe. And so I, I think you know, we have those mindsets of this is such a big thing. And in your mind, you're like, I can do it because you can. I, I fully believe in the power of one person changing the world. But it's a strange thing to, uh, when that's your goal every day for a year, for multiple years, once that ends, anything less than that feels wrong. You know what I mean? Anything less than the biggest event or the uh, the most glam or the, the speaking to thousands of people, anything less than those kind of highs almost feels unsatisfying, which which isn't how it should be. And I remember this, uh, I wish, golly, I should remember this name, but she was telling me, you, you don't need to focus on changing the world. You only need to focus on changing your slice of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember... Just like feeling this weight lifted off my shoulders of like, wow, like that's that's true. That's true, and it's so funny. I mean, I think that something that I loved about pageants was that it forced you to dream these outlandish, gigantic, I mean, uh, all life encompassing goals and dreams, and uh, it, it makes you a better version of yourself. But I think also think it's so important to you know find beauty and find love in just the everyday and and the simple conversations and the simple life changes um i remember that was a very strange transition for me one that i just didn't expect coming from miss america right. into savvy shields life exactly that transformation of having the huge glasses on to the smaller more focused vision of the actual day to day Absolutely. I know. Right. When you recently posted, I think it was on your Instagram stories about um, how during your year you didn't necessarily face or deal with the issues or the emotions that you were having head on. That totally resonated with me. I know specifically referenced a kind of survival mode that was turned on when you were Miss America. And I just could not agree more. While I was Miss USA, I went through some of the highest highs and lowest lows, especially everything that happened in Bangkok. And especially in that example, I was competing at Miss Universe. So I had to continue moving on and competing and focusing on that goal to represent the USA. And then I came back and I got engaged. And so, you know, you kind of push all those emotions and the things that you're dealing with on the back burner (laughs) because you literally don't have time. (laughs) So I understood it, but I think that that survival mode is something that our listeners would be more interested to hear more about. Oh, totally. Well, I think that, you know, during my year, it's also funny just talking about my year because I feel like I'm a different human now. I feel even looking back on it, like I, uh, I mean, this is so funny, but Nate will say, you know, I, I was much less aggressive. I was much, I didn't stand up for myself that much. I, I think I may be a little bit more cynical now. I'm not that sure, but you know, during my year, you know, some really, really hard things happened. I had to deal with some really scary people that I didn't know how to as a 21 year old. And, uh, 
I really and truly, I felt guilty for, for at times hating my Mm -hmm. year. And I think my survival mode kicked in because I didn't want to complain. I thought to myself, how many millions of girls want this job and how lucky Mm -hmm. am I to have it? And in my mind, I was like, I'm, I'm going to push through. I'm going to do this. I'm going to grow. It's going to hurt. And gosh, dang, does growing hurt more than anything in the entire world. But I, uh, I look back and sometimes I'm like, should I have, you know, complained more or should I have, I don't know. It, it, it feels weird when you play the what if game, but I'm, I'm very thankful that during my year, I kind of clicked into that survival mode because I became a lot stronger. I became a lot tougher. I will say, however, and I think that people do this in all areas of life. Whenever you're going through something either really tragic or really traumatic, you hit that survival mode, which at sometimes I think is, is very timely and very important. However, there has to be a time when when you stop being strong. There has to be a time when you recognize and you validate the feelings of fear, of insanity, of sadness, of anxiety, of sorrow. And, and that time for me happened, and it didn't happen, I think probably until maybe like six, seven months after like I crowned mm-hmm. uh, Kara, just because it, it took me a long time to separate myself out of the survival mode and finally letting myself feel the feelings uh, for the very first time was really scary. Um, I felt very weak, I remember, for feeling so much and for being scared all the time. And it took me a long time realizing that feeling the fear um, was a whole lot stronger than acting like it wasn't there. And so I think that that's something that we don't often talk about that much because uh, sometimes emotions and sometimes sadness and, and being scared seems like a weakness. But in reality, facing those fears and facing our demons and not letting them control us and have a name is far stronger than acting like we don't have them. so strong. I love that. I'm excited to quote you on that. And for honestly, years to come, it's so true. But so although people might not be able to relate to, you know, being Miss USA or being Miss America, I think you're so right. Everybody oftentimes pushes their emotions to the back burner. But with that being Mm. said, I think a lot of people do it without knowing that they're doing it, right? That's their normal. So for you, what was that flip Mm. switch that about six months down the road had you realized that you had been in that survival mode and that you needed to go through those emotions? I mean, it was, I mean, during my years, Miss America, I uh, like battled heavily with depression and anxiety. And I mean, I probably had a, a panic attack for four times a week. I mean, it wasn't healthy at all. And, you know, it was uh, the people that, you know, I finally let know that I was really struggling that were like, you, we can't let you live like this anymore. Like this isn't you and, and you are not your struggles. And you are not your emotions. Even though your emotions are so real and so validated, they do not have any truth over you. And so it was finally letting people know how badly I was hurting, you know, and and, and talking about that. I mean, I I talk about this a lot um, just in whenever I talk about emotions, because I feel like this was a huge revelation for me, but, and I'm doing (laughs) hand motions right now, but you can't see it. (laughs) Whenever you take, I'm right now I'm holding my chest. Once you take something out of your chest and into the open, 
it becomes so much less tangled, whether that is writing it down, whether that is expressing it through art, whether that is listening to a song that you feel like has the words that you can't say. But once you take what is ever inside of you and and you talk about it or you verbalize it or you express it, it becomes so much less scary. And uh, I think that a lot of times our demons and our traumas um, kind of hold on to us like identities and they don't let us think that we have any power. And so I think once I finally, I mean, Nate was there during my entire year, but again, you know, he wasn't on the road with me. I wish he was, (laughs) it would have been fantastic, but you know, he, uh, golly, I mean, there's a special place in heaven for boyfriends, I'll tell you what, (laughs) but the- Golly, can I get an amen? Yeet, they have to deal with so much. Golly, praise for them. Um, but he, him just letting, you know, saying like, hey, like, you're not in this alone. Because I think oftentimes our emotions want us to feel like we are alone and that we can't change them. And so for me, it was finally realizing that I have let the emotions and my fear win for a very long time. And got to the point where mm-hmm. I didn't want to live that way. Anymore. When you say your fear, what was that? So I, I mean, without getting into like, because we could be here for an hour, thousands of hours. But so mine, I, you know, and, and I've talked about this lots of different times. But for me, my years, Miss America, I kind of felt like a puppet for a very long time, and. It took me a long time to not be scared of people anymore. And uh, during my year, you know, there were lots of different interactions and lots of different situations where people kind of gave me this really unhealthy view that I should always see the worst in people because oh my they're gosh. probably and that's not you at me, all. Which sounds so no. Right. Exactly. Like whenever I say that out loud, I'm like what? Like I honestly believed that for an entire year. I mean, more than a year, you know, I was, I was crippled by, I mean, and like, you know me, you know me for like over seven years now. Crazy. That just does not sound like me at all. And uh, I didn't want to meet strangers. I didn't want to meet new people because I was just scared. I I was scared that uh, I couldn't trust anyone. And I was scared that they were going to control me, which sounds crazy. But honestly, in during that year, you know, that was the realest truth to me that I could hold on to. And uh, I mean, honestly, I think it has even taken, you know, I mean, it's been two years and it's probably taken this long for me to be able to talk about it and not have a trigger or to be able to talk about it and talk about it openly like this and, and be okay with it and being okay. That that's part of my story has taken, you know, a, another two years. And, you know, I think that that's something too, we often put on healing or mental health is that it has some sort of time cap, which it does not. Every single human is so, so different in how we perceive the world, how we process, how we live, how we laugh. And for yeah. me, I yeah. think that fear Um, If you will, I don't know that I acknowledged it as a fear ever, but leading up to the end, essentially from Mm -hmm. Miss Universe until I crowned um, at Miss USA in May, I think that I was so Mm -hmm. ashamed of everything that had happened in Bangkok, even though it was not my intent and just the fear that I had hurt people in the process, even though that I know that the women that were involved 
were never hurt and never upset. Um, I took that with me every single day, even when, like I said, you didn't recognize it. Mm -hmm. So when I was getting ready to crown the new Miss USA, I remember Paula Shugart. And for those of you who don't know, it was, that's the president of the Miss Universe organization, came backstage into my dressing room and gave me a generous gift and thanked me for my year of service and thanked me for being such a good, strong Miss USA and um, making the difference that I did. And I said, are you serious? I was literally in shock. I was like, are, are you serious? And she took me by my shoulders and she said, do you not realize that you had such an impactful year? And I said, but what about all of the crap that just seemed to overshadow this dark cloud all over all of the goodness that I did. She said, who else went into live with Kelly and Ryan and then made it a dream and a goal to visit all of his hospitals? Who else did X, Y, and Z? And I said, you know what? Wow. Thank you for this moment because as the year was coming to an end, it's so easy to fixate on those crappy traumatic situations or like the things that you learned, like maybe not being able to trust people it's so easy to fixate right. on those things rather than all right. of the positives because we're our own worst critic. It's the absolute truth. Right. And in that Absolutely. moment, I was like, wow, you yeah. thought I did a good job. That means the world because at the at Miss Universe, for example, I was one of the first in a while to, you know, only quotes on only, good in heavens, make the top 20. Right. Because well, I competed well, with 95 only, women. Right. Yeah. Right. That's fabulous. But to me, I was like, wow, I'm representing every single woman in my class that competed, not to mention every single woman that competed for their titles at state. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do better, be better. I don't want to be a Miss USA that's forgotten or that is always overshadowed with the negative. And Mm -hmm. and so it's so interesting that both of us have such different stories, but also so similar. You know, I I think... uh, Whenever you were telling me that story, like how, I don't know, I'm thinking of like, how cool is it like that whenever the way that we view ourselves, not cool, I should say maybe interesting, <laughs> but like the way that we view ourselves, uh, I find is often in such like a negative light, but even in just like, I don't know, like I'm thinking of like the way that God sees us is in such like a beautiful, like glowing, like, uh, this is my child light. And I don't know. I just think that's such a cool, like, just crazy, uh, man, we are humans (laughs) and we kind of suck, but (laughs) I think it's just, I don't know. There's something very liberating and thinking about like, we are not how we view ourselves at all. It's, it's really funny. So listeners, Savvy and I have known each other for six years and we have a mutual friend. So Annie and I have known each other for longer. It's about 10 years now. But when Savvy won Miss Collegiate America, Annie won high school. So they got really close. And it was about a month ago now that Annie sent me a text. And this is all about how we view ourselves differently than Jesus and God view us, but also how our friends view us. Because Annie sent me a text message that said, so I'm judging this pageant. And one question I asked everyone in an interview was, who is someone you admire? She said, and so many of them said you and for your positivity. And I literally text her back. I said, oh my gosh, did you mean to send this to Savvy? And I meant it. <laughs> I was like, I think you I think you meant to send this to Savvy. And she's like, you're crazy. Yes. <laughs> 
the wrong but blonde she friend. said you're crazy <laughs> people said savvy too but no i meant to send this to you <laughs> oh that's so that's so cool i mean golly uh, what a Honestly, I think probably one of my favorite ones, like the, one of my favorite pictures of us is uh, like when we're I all I had just Disney graduated World, high school. How old were we then? So 18, like, 17, 18? So is that like that 17? We I don't, don't know. Like, for babies. some reason in my mind, we look like we're five years old. Like we children. Like I wish we could put a photo inside of a podcast because it's just sad. I mean, it doesn't even look like us. I'll share it on the bangs. More Than a Crown oh, Instagram. So How about sad. that? So people can go reference it. I'm looking at it again. It's so sad. Bless it to the heavens. Oh my gosh. It's such a cool thing though. And it's been so cool to watch you. I mean, who would have, if you would have told me way back when that our lives would have happened the way it's they hysterical. did, I would not have believed you at all. To think that that's sm- so we basically, we competed at Miss Collegiate America together and this was six years ago. So for those of you who aren't involved in pageantry and are tempted to believe the pageantry stereotypes that friendships aren't necessarily real, that's a bunch of baloney because I remember, that's I mean, the biggest lie, some of them have gotten right? married. I've seen some <laughs> across state borders. It's been so fun. But then our small group from Miss Collegiate America, we ended up with one Miss America and one Miss USA. <laughs> yeah. I think like that's honestly been one of the sweetest just friendships because like the the text messages, I mean – I obviously don't remember what was going on whenever I won, and you probably don't remember what was going on when you won, but <laughs> we were freaking out. And it's just, it's just like such a cool thing whenever you find friendships that don't have any other motive beyond the fact of just celebrating you, which I think is just something that, I don't know, I, I wish I put more effort into of just doing that like across the board in all of my friendships of just being super intentional and cheering people on so, so much just because, you know, whenever someone does that for you, just like when Annie texted you that, like you forget mm. how encouraging it is just to be encouraged. Well, it's true. <laughs> it sounds I like mean, the easiest I, thing ever, but it's so true. are naturally a critic of yourself. And I think of others sometimes, you know, we meet so many people in a day and everyone has plenty of critics in their lives. We need to be that encouragement for them. And so that's exactly what you're saying. But what's funny to me is a lot of people aren't surprised that, you know, we became friends through competing together. But when I tell people that we're friends as a Miss America and a Miss USA, I don't know what it is, but people are shocked that you can be good friends across systems. What is with that? (laughs) Makes zero sense at all. I will never understand that. We'll never understand that. I'm telling you, (laughs) Miss USA is freaking killing it. I love y'all. Y'all are it's been it's been really neat and i'm excited to follow in your footsteps also of i'm getting married soon and you just celebrated congratulations your one year marriage i mean it, it is the wildest thing i'm so thankful golly marriage is seriously just the best thing ever 10 out of 10 recommend it I will say you, you definitely need to happen yes. with your best friend. And it's though. funny because both sure. of us, absolutely, we, yes, got to su- support each other in our pageant journeys, but also now in this marriage journey and are moving everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny because not a lot of people ever experience long distance in their relationship. And some people are even struggle with it for a mm-hmm. short period of time, you know, a month here and there. But 
you and I did it for a year. Right. Actually, I've continued it. Connor's still in Dallas. I know. Nate and I were long distance for our entire relationship. Literally our entire relationship until we got married. Oh my gosh. Connor and I have only been in the same state for one month. Shut up. How How did we not discuss this before? I I knew you were long distance, but I thought that y'all had been in the same city at least. <laughs> no. Okay. Ever. Which is so. So funny. I need to know. Literally. So funny. I had my yeah, wedding shower the other day, handle. and we did you know those little quizzes of how well you know the groom, and I knew essentially everything. But I think that's because long yeah. distance makes you talk so much. Communication is key. So what did you learn though when y'all finally yep. moved in together yep. about Nate that you didn't know before? That is probably my favorite thing to talk about because. Uh, because it's so true when you go through long distance and I, I I say this, but I feel like, and I wish every couple could at least go through a season of long distance because it makes you appreciate the human, not for what they can do for you, not for what they make you feel like, but literally just for being the human that they are, which I think is just kind of a game changer in relationships because that's, I mean, that's what marriage is. You're, you're marrying someone not for what they can do for you, but for loving the soul and the human that they are. But I will say marriage has taught me that uh, Nathaniel, like it's, it cracks me up. Like the random things that you don't know about people. Like he knows all of the words to like all these TV shows. I'm like, how did I not know that you have like a photographic audio memory? Then he freaks out about socks, which is the weirdest thing in the world to me. Like I could wear two pairs of socks that don't match and like never think twice about it for my (laughs) entire life. Like every day could wear mixed matching socks. Like Nate has to have no so shocks that are the exact same brand, that are the exact same color, and it is hysterical. Like it's crippling if you can't do it, and it's so cute. I'm like, that's so funny. Oh, <laughs> that. What would I say? Mm, another thing. Honestly, I could go on for forever, but I think the thing that I learned about marriage that is like just the absolute sweetest is that, I mean, hot dang, are we sinful people? And how freaking cool is it to be fully known and fully loved by someone else? Because I think often and I'm just gonna like you know blame it on social media again but we, we we are so used to people only seeing our best selves that it's very scary when someone sees all of it and it's very scary when someone sees the not so pretty parts of us or the times that you know we freak out and the, and the parts of ourselves that we don't like and for someone else to love those parts is the coolest thing ever. And uh, I mean, again, I think it, it happens when it's your best friend and it happens when you love that person again for right. who that they are. We touched on, you know, accepting the fear and accepting the emotions and facing them head on. And now talking about transitions of marriage. So when people are going through those transitions or realizing that they've, you know, put feelings on the back burner What's your advice for them on how to how to confront it, how to right. move through it? Well, so I I often something that really shaped the way that I live my life and perceive my life was I uh, heard about this you know term of, of called a think bank. So basically, our mind works in this kind of pillar of. Um, in this pillar of, of ideas. So basically, on the very top of this pillar is what we do, and underneath what we do is what we say. Underneath what we say is what we think. 
Underneath that is our subconscious. And underneath our subconscious is this think bank. And this this pillar kind of works up and down both ways, but it all connects. So whatever is in this think bank, which is basically what we have been telling ourselves and what we have believed for however long we've for the past, you know, 20 something years, that's what our think bank is kind of all come up with. And whatever is in there affects our subconscious. Whatever is in our subconscious is gonna affect what we think, which affects what we say, which affects what we do. And so for a very long time, my think bank was so filled with negative talk for myself, for my circumstances. I was, was scared. It was uh, fearful. You know, it was dark and it wasn't going to change overnight. And it wasn't going to mm-hmm. change just by me doing some positive affirmations. <laughs> I mean, that would be fantastic if it did, but that's just not the way our minds and, and the world works. So Two, two, two things that kind of really shifted it were, A, I, I felt those fears and I listened to those thoughts that were full of my think bank. I listened to what was beneath my subconscious and what rooted all the stems and, and tracks of thought that happened. I listened to it and I heard it out and I accepted it. But I had to refill and retrain my brain and totally shift the way that I viewed the world. So to do that, I had to start from the top of this pillar and work my way down from what I was doing, I started heavily memorizing. For me, it was like the books of Psalms. I mean, for everyone, it's going to be totally different, but I kind of force fed myself truth because for so long, I was just thinking not true things and things that totally shifted my worldview. But I, that was what I kept doing over and over again. It was forcing myself true and truth. And slowly but surely that became what I talked about. And slowly but surely that came what I thought about. And more than that, that became what my subconscious was filled with. And over time, and again, years of doing this, slowly but surely, my mm. think bank wasn't just full of really scary thoughts, but it was full of truth as well. And so that kind of became what shifted and helped shift my worldview between how I reacted to situations or how I reacted to fear, how I reacted to insecurity. It wasn't just the thoughts of feeding those things like, yes, you aren't enough. Like you, you're right. You aren't worthy. You you shouldn't, you don't deserve this, but it was combated with other truth that was in my think bank, but it's not just going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a month. It's not going to happen in a year. It's going to happen over a long time of hard work and dedication of retraining your brain to think truthfully (laughs) and not just think with your feelings, which I'm a big feeler that is I think one of my greatest weaknesses, I will say it is a strength. I don't want to like totally downgrade the gift, but it is, it will absolutely be my greatest weakness if I let it. And so I think that one of the things that really I had to shift was my think bank. I'm a huge proponent for therapy. If you're in a place where you need to go speak to someone, do it. Um, Connor and I right now are going through premarital counseling. When I went through a really hard breakup in college, I went and saw a counselor. I thought my life was ending. Um, thought it was a disaster. Um, and then all the little things like make the background on your phone, a verse or make it a positive (laughs) affirmation about yourself. Or that's actually why I started my so Sarah Rose jewelry line. I have, it's super small. I have three dainty pieces of bar necklaces that are all positive affirmations. So you can buy it for yourself or you can buy it for your girlfriend. One says worthy, just like you were talking about brave, 
I have, yeah, and we need those things, right? Like, I have a friend that up and moved to Los Angeles, you know, without a job. That was so brave. Some people Mm -hmm. could tell her she was crazy or stupid, but that was brave to choose it, you know? So, you need to have the smallest little things that remind you of that positively every single day. And you are just so great at it. And for those that are listening, I can speak for myself. I'm sure Savvy can resonate on this as well, but. Even after we do all these small things and we are surrounded by a positive, uplifting community, there's still hard days. Like the other day, I just wanted to lay around. And it wasn't one of those good lay arounds, like lay around and, you know, happily watch a movie with someone. Or it was like a lay around and like feel pity, which was stupid. Why do we do that? But sometimes it happens. And that's life. So we just have to pick up the next day and go forward with that think Mm -hmm. bank. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think it's too, you know, it's, it's not, you know, what happens to us, it's how we deal with it because days like those are going to happen. And it doesn't really mean we have to, I mean, in in my (laughs) mind, I always used to feel super, super guilty. You know, I would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I wasted an hour or a day. And that's like such like a crazy thing. Like, but it's natural. No. No, 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 no. We're not going to let, not today, Satan. And I started this podcast for various reasons, but I named it More Than a Crown, not because it's only for pageant girls, but because at the time of my life when I was going to crown the new Miss USA, I realized, holy guacamole, I'm only 25 years old, 24 years old. I'm not even 25 yet. I have so much more life to live in this whole dream that changed my <laughs> life has come and it's gone, but I am more than this crown. So, Right now, Savvy, when you lay your head down at night, what are you having to remind yourself that you are more than? Golly, I'm thinking of like 50,000 different things. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean? right? like, I feel like whenever you, I mean, I, I want to give a really good pageant answer. That's one word in groundbreaking. You know, in my, in my mind, I'm thinking like, I'm more than my struggles. I'm more than my fears. I'm more than my feelings. I am more than my successes. I'm more than my failures. I'm more than who people say I am. I'm more than who I say I am. I'm, I'm more than, you know, I think so many times we get wrapped up in trying to figure out who the heck we are when it, it's so many times we just need to really just focus on, you know, who our creator says we are. And that's one of the most complex questions I feel like I deal with, but it has one of the most simple answers ever. So does that count? Even though it's not really a good pageant good, because answer. because life isn't <laughs> I feel like a I pageant. I just let my, my pageant <laughs> training go out the window, but... Mm. So before we go, tell our listener that they can continue to follow you. Oh, heck yes. Well, on Instagram, I'm Savvy Janine. And then also my blog is Savvy There you go, guys. I'm so excited. Remember, as you move on throughout this day and throughout this week, whatever you have coming at you, everyone's going through a battle. So work on that think bangs because you are so loved and you are worthy. Amen, sister. I love it. Love you so much.